This is the Growth Gossip Podcast, where we talk about growth. But what exactly is growth? We are going to find out what's behind this buzzword. Hosted by yours truly, Michal, of Yoke Workspace and Community in Krakow. And me, Romeo Mann, founder of Mann Digital. You're the man. <laughs> hey, Romeo. Who are we talking to today? Hey, Michal. We are talking to Sonny. He is the CEO of an IT recruitment company in Krakow. Actually, one of the biggest IT recruitment companies in Poland. Mm. And he's originally from the country of beer, which is Belgium. What do you think we're going to talk about? We will talk about actually a lot of things because Sony has a lot of experience when it comes to the recruitment uh, business. He worked in a lot of international organizations in Dublin, in Tunis, in Budapest, and he set up uh, an international branch for a recruitment company from Dublin in Krakow. Four years back, started his own business here and grew it from three to over 60 employees in just four years. Mm. Uh, I'm really curious what he has to say about candidates uh, sort of differentiating themselves uh, in this huge job, job market, especially IT developers, which are so hot, as we know. And uh, I'm also curious about, since we've been going through this pandemic for, what, the past two, two and a half years, I don't even know how long, how this has affected uh, the workspace and the offices uh, as we knew them pre-pandemic. Yeah, so let's dive in. Hey, Sonny, welcome to Growth Gossip. Nice to see you here after a long time. Great to be here. You know that, uh, Michal, that I applied to one of uh, Sonny's job. I had uh, no idea. Yeah, like uh, when I started my agency, uh, I was looking for clients. So one of the tactics I had was to apply for jobs. And how, how was it, Sonny? Like, how, how was the interview? I think I, I offered you a job, actually. So uh, <laughs> seven years ago? Yeah, seven years seven ago. Seven years ago. Time flies, yeah. But the opening was nice because we started the interview. And what did I tell you? Do you remember? The first thing that you told me was that you actually were not looking for a job, but you were help that you were looking to, to help me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, was that part of your strategy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's like it's a thing that I heard recently. If 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 you want money, ask for advice. If you want advice, ask for money. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know if you guys have heard <laughs> that before. Yeah, it was. I think it was. A, it was a great approach, right? Um, so you, Sonny, I I I always say to people that you are the guru of IT recruitment here in Poland, mm -hmm. and the Wikipedia of uh, beers because mm -hmm. you're super passionate about beers. You're coming from Belgium, so, you know, just to have the stereotypes uh, straight with beers, right? Um, so we would like to discuss today a bit more about your story, you know, why Poland, how Poland, how you're growing your, your agency, your IT recruitment agency, and actually how you, you got here, you know, the, the journey, let's say, in squeeze journey. <laughs> Okay, so uh, long story short, right? Um, 
I think it's like 17 years ago now, 16 years ago that I um, was living in Belgium, small city, country, countryside, um, had some issues with the girlfriend back then. And I did as every responsible man would do. Mm-hmm. I left the country. Mm, <laughs> mm. Thinking, okay, I'm going to go away for six months, then come back and then everything will be okay, right? Um, so that's 16 years ago. Um, How's that relationship gone? <laughs> <laughs> that was the last time I saw her. <laughs> um, um, applied my uh, no, or submitted my CV back then on a, a job portal. I don't even know if they still exist. Monster. Um, they yeah, they yeah, used they to be huge, but yeah. I don't know if they still exist. Actually, was that more of a North American American thing? Or? I think it was a European oh. thing as well. I think they were bought by one of the big companies, and now you don't see them anywhere. And I kid you not, five minutes later, I got a phone call from a company in Ireland, mm. and um, they were looking for. It was a Friday, uh, two o'clock, and they were looking for. Um, a Dutch French speaker that could start on Monday because they just lost their um, their, their accepted candidate. Um, the next Monday, I start in Brussels for a six-week training. After six weeks of training, I went to Dublin. Still in mind of still thinking that I would stay there for six months. Um, and then I really enjoyed it. Um, from there, um, I grew up and I, I grew in the company, and what were, was then pretty much involved in all the mergers and acquisitions in for that Irish company. So I lived for five years in Budapest, one year in Amsterdam, two years in Tunis, um, and then five years in Dublin. And in 2015, I was approached by another recruitment agency in Dublin, um, asking if I would be interested to set up their first international location. Mm. Uh, I I accepted the job, and after some research, I decided to set up a company in Krakow. Two years later, things didn't work out as we thought it would work out. Um, I left and then basically for three months I was thinking, okay, what's next? Um, Will I join a new company? Will I go back to Corpo? Will I start my own business? And I was lucky to have some friends with uh, a bit of money and that's it. On the 1st of September 2018, uh, we started Initiative IT Recruitment with uh, three recruiters and myself. Um, we grew to around 10 recruiters by March 2020. And then the, the pandemic happened. And the first six months, I, I didn't know what would happen. I really thought for months that we would go belly up. Uh, we lost 80% of our business, mm. all the sexy San Francisco startups mm. stopped uh, hiring. Um, and But by October, November, 
2020, we noticed that actually the economy was picking up big time, uh, much quicker than the UK and, and the US, where most of our clients are. Um, and that's where we are today now. We are 65 employees today. Wow. Uh, 40, for around 45 in Krakow, 20 in Wrocław. Um, and still growing. Um, we are hiring. <laughs> <laughs> so we can say that you you guys are like one of the biggest IT companies w- in Poland, right? I would say one of the biggest ones in Poland. However, I don't think that says much. Um, Still, I mean, from from 2000, uh, you started with three people, right? Yeah, 2018. 2018, and now, you know, becoming one of the biggest, it it, it says something. But I want to go back to to Krakow, because you said that you researched for this Mm -hmm. other recruitment agency where to go, right? Like, you were like, okay, we, I suppose you had a bunch of cities within Central Eastern Europe, uh, but you chose a city which is not a capital city at mm-hmm. the end of the day. I'm just curious what made you what made you guys choose uh, Krakow? Well, back then there was like two or three cities where we were planning to go or that we were looking into. First one was Lisbon, uh, Portugal. The second one was Budapest, Hungary. And the third one was uh, Krakow. Um, Warsaw was never on the books. Mm-hmm. Um, Portugal was discarded quite quickly. Um, it's a great city. I would still probably prefer to live in Lisbon <laughs> above <laughs> Krakow, especially in winter. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, recruitment agencies live at the at the will of the demand for software developers mm. and. There is just not that much demand in Lisbon. I got it. Yeah. Um, so recruitment agencies work best in cities where there's way more demand than supply. Basic uh-huh. economics. Um, so Lisbon was was off pretty quickly. Although I have to say, we are probably going to start up in Lisbon this year. Mm. I see. I see. Um, but tell us a bit. How do recruitment agencies make money? Um, recruitment agencies make, make money by filling a gap between the supply and demand. So, um, IT, recruit, IT uh, sorry, uh, software companies um, need people. Mm-hmm. There is a, a worldwide shortage of people. They cannot find the, the people themselves. Job boards don't work anymore. Uh, LinkedIn doesn't work anymore. Um, so you need people that really go to people to say, hey, Romeo, I have a great opportunity for you. Mm-hmm. Do you want to hear more? So basically it's like sales guys. It is, it is 100% sales. And, okay. not, and not only in one direction. As a car salesman sells a car to a potential buyer. No, mm-hmm. it, is, it goes two ways. First of all, you need to sell the job to the candidates, mm-hmm. but then also you need to sell the candidates to your clients, to the hiring company. Um, so this is basically how how recruitment companies make money. So recruitment companies do best 
in a shortage of talent. Okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, you just said that job boards don't work. I mm-hmm. mean, what's wrong with looking at endless and endless uh, lists of names and CVs and stuff like that? What's wrong with There's that? There's no CVs <laughs> there. It's just endless and endless <laughs> list of so wanted software developer. Yeah. yeah. And usually recruiters are not the best content writers. Mm-hmm. They write wanted software developer. Mm. But what kind of software developer? Mm. Is this Java, JavaScript, Python? Mm. If you so if if you're if you're a software developer, why would you even open the link mm. if you don't even know if it is something for you? And then you and if you open it, it usually starts with our client, comma, a multinational company, mm-hmm. comma, is looking for best talent, comma working on great products for their clients. So how how is the alternative? What would be the better version of the same job description? Let's see. You could start, for example, hey, we are, we are Yolk. We are the kick-ass co-working space in Krakow. We need somebody who can clean up our lousy website. Sorry, I don't know how your lo- website look like, but yeah, um, <laughs> we need a kick-ass developer that can clean up our lousy website. So more conversational, more, more conversational. Immediately saying what they will do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What what will be their contribution to the project? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think there's a couple of um, attributes that companies need to have now to hire talent. There's the flexibility nowadays that became become more and more uh, important, the flexibility in the contract style or the location. Mm-hmm. I think that's why um, co-working spaces will have a good future in, um, in they will just have a good future. Um, it, it makes way more sense not to have the flexibility in how you scale and where you base your people. Don't expect that a software developer will go back to the office five days a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We now have here in the same street, we have 45 employees and we have maybe 18 desks. Mm. But I'm wondering, like we, we talk a lot about developers and mm-hmm. I feel that they are very spoiled at mm-hmm. the end of the day. So uh, you, uh, and I boldly can say that, mainly because I see a huge discrepancy between, you know, the uh, um, professionals working in corpos, mm-hmm. which go through very strict rules and contracts, um, or any other professionals, right? Mm-hmm. And just because the demand is so big mm-hmm. for developers, companies, you know, just... Uh, close their eyes and and do whatever you know it's asked um do do you think this huge discrepancy uh, will affect and will impact negatively the whole uh, workspace and whole uh, you know uh, labor market at the end of the day like are are you asking like if we're in a bubble in a sense and in, in terms of how how good Developers have it right now. Yeah, yeah, for yep. sure, for I, sure. I, I mean, I think I think there is a, 
mm-hmm. element of risk on long term, even in terms of uh, um, as some of the software house uh, owners told me of mental health because mm. they live in a totally different bubble compared mm. to the um, you know difficulties and the, the problems that other parts of the society have mm-hmm. and companies keep uh, spoiling them with you know choose your own laptop uh, uh, come to work whenever you want uh, work from wherever you want and then you have the other side you know on 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 corporate level where you have you know you need to log in at nine o'clock and then you need to do xyz tasks and you get a shitty uh, laptop that needs to connect to vpn and it doesn't connect and you're annoyed that it doesn't connect you know mm-hmm. developer will say you know what i cannot work like this because the vpn is not connected mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know I'm, i'm talking about a huge discrepancy also in the way of working yeah, uh, what percentage does have the this luxury right um it is true like the the, the top 10% of developers are now paid the same as any developer in Europe there is no cost arbitrage anymore or um between for example Netherlands Netherlands and, and and Poland and this is mainly to do because of the B2B um mm-hmm. first of all the B2B is a huge contributor of Just all this in 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 Poland. The Explain B2B. a bit B2B for the listeners. Uh, yeah. The B2B contract is basically a, a similar to an employment contract but instead under labor law it is under civil law. Mm-hmm. And there are significant tax benefits by using this style of contract. Um there is less protection under labor like law. Like you don't pay social security. You, you do pay you do pay uh, social security but you pay less income tax. Okay, got it. Yeah. Um and uh, from a from an employer perspective you don't pay employer contribution. Got it. So there's a significant um cost saving for both the employer who doesn't pay employer contribution and for the developer who pays less income tax. Mm-hmm. Um in a lot of con- European countries there's a lot of measures against it. Mm-hmm. So uh, for example in Belgium where I'm from it's not possible. Mm-hmm. In the UK since last year they introduced IR35. It's a, a regulation to avoid this kind of tax optimization. Mm. Uh, n- not to use tax avoidance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um In Poland this is used by probably 60-70% of all the software developers in the market. Mm-hmm. And it won't go away. Mm-hmm. This also has caused that it and especially because of the pandemic, well, everybody is working remotely now. So a couple of months ago I got a phone call from an American software uh, company from San Francisco and they asked if we would be able to find soft uh, Py- senior python developers for $150,000 per year. Mm. <laughs> I said like of course you can and you shouldn't even pay this kind of money. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um because if you pay 100,000 you're already paying 20% more than what it was here 12 months ago. The issue is the moment that you pay For example, $150,000 to a senior Python developer 
in Poland, from that moment, every senior Python developer will expect the same because mm. they know somebody who is earning this kind of money. Mm -hmm. So that is one. So that's around 10,000? Uh, around, yeah, slightly over $10,000 per month. Mm -hmm. um, and these are quite normal salaries now in the market we are working in. Mm -hmm. um, you could say, is this ridiculous? I don't know. Why would, why would a software developer in Poland earn less than a software developer in the UK or in Belgium? Um, Pornhub, you might have heard of them, mm -hmm. uh, Romeo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they are they're Canadian, and they believe that th they um, you should it shouldn't matter where you're based. They are paying Canadian salaries to wherever you are. Mm -hmm. Very progressive. Yeah, um, and it, ma it makes sense. So, are they spoiled? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Does should everybody expect the same? No. So there is a steep learning curve to become a damn good software developer. Yeah, nevertheless, a doctor might say, I'm saying things like right? So this is where we see the discrepancies of um, in the market. And yeah, of course, it's a free market. Uh, in mm. a way, not well regulated. Uh, in a sense that you can do cost optimization and that's why yeah. you have such a high costs, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but then the doctor needs to pay, you know, all those taxes that are optimized in a way by the developer just because the demand is there, right? Yeah. So this but it, is it's very hard for a doctor to work 100% remote, right? Mm -hmm. So companies hiring in Poland are not competing with Polish companies. Mm -hmm. They are competing with American companies and English companies looking for the same talent. So a software developer in Poland can earn exactly the same as in Western Europe because he is doing the same job. He is just lucky that he can do this job from home. Mm. It's very hard for a doctor to do surgery in the UK from home in Kielce. Mm -hmm. True, true. But le let's go a little bit into the other roles, right? Because mm. um, you you know very well what these companies need, mm -hmm. um, both on soft skills and hard skills. Mm -hmm. um, and our listeners are either professionals working in corporations or recent grads. Um, and they they would like to understand, okay, in 2022, post, I, I, I could maybe we could say post pandemic, um, with the craziness that is happening now in in uh, in Ukraine, how is the China, uh, how is the market impacted, and what are those competencies, both soft and uh, hard, that are um, that, that companies are looking for. Do you mean the impact of the current situation of yes, Ukraine yes. on the current market? Um, hmm. If you would have asked me two days ago, I would say probably it's going to be huge. Mm. Two days later, I think it's not going to have a big difference for Poland, and it's only three hours away from here. 
we have a couple of clients in the States that are more concerned about hiring people in Poland because for them, Ukraine is only the size of Texas. Mm-hmm. And if you're in New Mexico, that's quite close if you look at the big map of the States. In Europe, it's a huge country. Um, so we, we, we do have a couple of clients that are more concerned about hiring more people in Poland. On the other side, we have a lot of companies, from again, from the States, and uh, mainly from the States, with teams currently in Ukraine and in Belarus that need still to have their business going. So they are now looking at people in Poland to A, replace the people that they are losing in Ukraine and Belarus, or to move them to here. Mm -hmm. So I think it will balance out. Um, Again, the people that we are working with are highly skilled software developers, and there is an unlimited demand for them. I think the impact will be more on blue-collar hospitality. There you could see a bigger impact. Mm-hmm. Not in tech, not in marketing, not mm-hmm. in digital. Okay, got it, got it. And when we think about soft skills and hard skills, like in today's world, how, how did that change? Mm. Since you are in Krakow, since you, you started this business, what, what are companies looking for now? Um, I think now, I- if you're young and you, you want to get into business or you want to start, I think it's best to learn the, gener- the general part of what you want to do. For example, if, you want to, if you're interested in marketing and you want to do marketing, learn the general aspects of marketing. But then, pretty quickly, specialize in one thing. Mm-hmm. Specialize in SEO, specialize in ads, specialize in content writing, um, social media. Mm-hmm. But don't be generic. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of people that are doing the generic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned before we started the, the recording, you were talking about project managers. Mm-hmm. I think project management is the most generic term that you can use. Mm-hmm. It says nothing about what you're able to do. Project management in what? Mm-hmm. In buildings or in application development? Romeo, are, are you seeing a, a pattern? Because I'm seeing a pattern. Because it, it seems like earlier when you were talking about job boards and, and mm-hmm. what a better job listing looks like it's it's a it's a listing with personality with individuality and and right now as you're describing somebody sort of evolving their career it's sort of the same thing individuality personality you you right it's it's a unique groove it's not just the the same old same old yeah um in our world recruitment it's very hard now to find recruiters as you can imagine, because if everybody needs software developers, who can find software developers? Mm-hmm. IT recruiters. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a lot of RPO organizations, recruitment process organizations that are doing generic recru- recruitment in the market. Can you uh, explain a bit? Yeah, so um, for example, to give you an idea, um, Nike. Mm-hmm. 
right? Nike, the, all the shops in the States, the, 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 the employees of the shops in the States are actually recruited from, or at least they used to be recruited, I don't know if it's still the case, are recruited from here in Krakow. Okay. So we have Polish recruiters on the phone with people in the States. Hey, Michal, do you want to work in Nike, in the Nike store in LA? Mm -hmm. So this is um, quite specific role for a specific brand. However, a lot of those recruiters call themselves recruitment administrators. Mm -hmm. To to hide that they, they like to do everything which is around recruitment except the recruitment itself. Okay. Hey Romeo, I'm Sonny. Do you want to have a new job? Mm-hmm. Well, there is a preference of hey Romeo, congratulations with your new job. Can we now fill in the papers? Okay, got it. Yeah. So it's more like afraid of selling it. Yeah. But post-selling uh, administration work, right? I think, and I might kick to a lot of uh, kick a lot of people here, but I think sales is not the strongest part of many Polish people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's this. If I need to sell something, I mean, at least in Europe, I think it's, yes, it's not yeah. that into sales because of the they they feel pushy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's why there's a huge opportunity for people that want to do sales. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you see the recruitment the same, right? Like uh, at, at least this is how I see it. I, I always compare it with marketing, right? Like you or the 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 pushy marketers, the spammy marketers, the the those those uh, tactics that uh, make this stereotype like Miha was saying in one of the other episodes that uh, he feels that marketing it's a little bit too pushy and spammy and you're afraid of marketers at the end of the day and i suppose developers are the same with recruiters sometimes right because you you have a similar tactic but okay you're selling a job here it's a little bit different so what what you're saying is that it's hard to find those recruiters that know how to tell the story, that know how to sell it. So how, first of all, how do you uh, find those people? How do you train those people? Mm-hmm. Um, and what are those skills that you try to develop within within your team? I once hired the waiter of probably the most famous steakhouse here in Krakow. (laughs) I was was having dinner there and we were so impressed with (laughs) how the waiter was serving us and the service and the English and the upselling. Okay. That at the end of the the meal, I gave my business card. He said, call me in the morning. He called me in the morning and the next day he got hired. Wow. Um, no, not this period in restaurants, I see. Yeah, uh, <laughs> hospitality is not known for their, uh, for their great employment contracts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we have, I- in our team, we have journalists, we have people that used to work in restaurants, people that used to work in jeans stores, yeah. we have teachers, if you have the time to develop your people, I believe it's better to develop them. 
if you bring somebody in from another organization, you're also bringing in part of their culture. And their culture is not always what you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we sometimes we get approached about, hey, we are a team of four recruiters in this company. We we want to leave. Do you want to take us? Mm. That is a very dangerous practice to do. Mm-hmm. Because then basically you're bringing in a sub-team in your organization. Yeah? And I think company culture is overrated. Mm. Yeah? Um, as company culture is the, the, is the sum of all personal opinions of all your employees. Mm-hmm. It is not something that you can bring in with employer branding. Employer branding, super important, mm-hmm. but it is not the end all of how you can bring in talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think you need to find a balance. How can you um, bring in a lot of young, eager people that want to do the job? How can you find the people that can teach them? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a very hard balance to find. Um, I can't help, but w- when I look at your website and I look at the About Us and, mm-hmm. and I see uh, mm, uh, just photos of your mm-hmm. uh, your team, I can't help but notice how many women are on your team. I don't mean to, to go into stereotypes, mm-hmm. but is there something unique about women do they have a, a better talent in terms of building relationships and tell in terms of uh, storytelling or more empathy that that helps them in that role? I think f- main the truth is that recruitment is considered HR, and HR has traditionally been a job for a woman, and it's 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 a it's a it's it's a stereotype. If I could have a good balance for 50-50, man and woman, that would be great. But for a lot of men, being a recruiter is a woman's job. But I, I would certainly not say that a, a, a male recruiter is better or worse than a, than a female recruiter. Yeah? Um, I think it's more, again, the historical background of Central Europe. Mm-hmm. For example, in, in, in the UK, there will be a, a much higher percentage of men in recruitment. There will also be a much higher percentage of women in software development. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In Poland, it's still today very hard to find women in tech. Is it about 10% or, or am yeah, I being ten, generous? I think, I think 10% and I, I think that's even on the high side. Yeah. If, you, if, if you include uh, project managers... Um, UX, UI designers, testers, yeah, testers, yes, but pure software development coders, you won't reach ten percent. Mm-hmm. Do you have clients that are specifically telling you, "Look, we want to make a balance, and we want to hire more women"? Yeah, there are, mm-hmm. but you need to set expectations immediately, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and is this uh, h- how does it like? Do you, can you put it? In a job board, or uh, that hey, we are you, you 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 cannot really do that, right? No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same for hiring for diversity. In Poland, is still today in twenty twenty two, 
a very hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. I see. I mean, at least in in our organization, what we we have a very uh, LGBTQ community mm-hmm. uh, in uh, in my organization. We are um, there are more women in in the organization, uh, but what we do is that we let uh, their personality be seen on the website meaning that uh, each one of them when we are presenting them in the about us page you know we we tell them hey guys um, present yourself as you want and if you want to put the you know lgbtq flag the rainbow flag uh, whatsoever put it because we want to show even to our clients that this is a a diverse team and this mm-hmm. is this is what we what we want and this this way we can also open up and and say hey um we need diversity at the end of the yeah. day and i think this is still more a challenge in polish organizations than in international organizations like american uk companies they they are very open for this mm-hmm. so let's go back a bit to the soft skills right mm-hmm. because um do 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 you think that in terms of um soft skills is that something that you would like you organizations want to teach or they already want you to have that and um, also i want to ask you about the hard skills right um is it are the companies investing in you know skilling you up so that you can even though you know you don't have those hard skills but maybe you have super um nice soft skills your emotional intelligence so on and so forth but you don't have that that hard skills H- how is this balance between yeah. between I, I think the more senior you get the less uh, the less chance there will be that the, you, they will change your soft skills mm-hmm. yeah. if you're a software developer one of the best in the world 15 years experience yeah top 1% in java development companies are not going to hire you for your soft skills. Um, I think it's more important for, for young people, um, people that are just starting, grads, interns. There you, can st- they, there you can still do a lot with them. And that's why, on, on a side note, that's, I think, why the, the, the whole pandemic and the working from home had the biggest impact on interns and graduates. Companies didn't invest in these profiles anymore because they couldn't have them next to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Um, so organizations, if they couldn't bring in the grads and the interns in the office, they rather didn't have them. So you have basically a whole generation of two years that was neglected in how to grow up in a company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that this will, this will be a challenge in the future. Um, and for these people, so if, if you would ask me as a grad, as an intern, as just from school now, what do I need to do? Right? Um, if you're in, in, in science, technology, Again, specialize in something. And on the other hand, go to an office, talk to people. 
I think listen to podcasts, read books, um, hang out with people. Mm-hmm. Don't expect that you will develop from a junior to intermediate from home mm-hmm. by being behind your computer. It's all about the social interaction with people. Um, so specialize and hang out with people. As you grow up in your career and you get more senior and you are recognized as a specialist in what you do, okay, if you then work more from home, that's great. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So you were saying that the, the recent grads were neglected. Um, why is this? Like, are companies afraid to, you know, work with recent grads that work remotely? They don't, they don't trust the employees. And What's happening? And there's a perception that it takes more time. Mm-hmm. That it is. So they rather have the people that they have working on what they need to do than mm-hmm. to work, than to invest in young talent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so we are running an academy uh, once every three or six months where we are bringing six um, juniors and we train them up from scratch. And after one month, two months, they can start working from home already. But still, the teams are coming in to the office. They decide when. And if they don't want to come, that's also fine. But at least there's the opportunity to meet. Mm-hmm. Again, that is, that's, this is why I think co-working spaces are going to be so important in the future. Companies are not going to rent for five years prime office space that nobody is using, but rather having a, a flexible model in a co-working space where you can say, we take 10... I don't know how it works. Uh, day desks, memberships, day, day passes, or yeah, or day passes, and the team meets once every week, once every two weeks, in the coworking space. Yeah, I think that is where the the future is. Yeah, so I suppose the waiter that you hired, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't know anything about recruitment, but mm-hmm. he had these huge social skills. You took him to the academy; hard skills were there, and then you can off you go. You can yep. you can recruit. You can talk to people because that's the that's the main idea of the role, right? Yeah. Uh, obviously, yeah, I'm sort of biased in this, but w- as I hear you talking about workspaces in terms of the physical workspace, um, would you agree that also mm, sort of the the layout or the function of a office is also evolving into it being a more flexible, a more Mm, sort of a collaborative space ins- instead of your sort of traditional mm. cookie cutter desk, 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 desk kind of a yeah. space. We are occupying four apartments in the street here and we have we are using the four living rooms mm. as living space. Mm-hmm. Kitchen, couches, people are working, they prefer to work from those couches rather than the desks that we have put in the bedrooms. So yes, it is more the collaborative, like cubicles are done. Yeah. I mean, uh, at our space at Yolk, um, I'm sort of, I come from a somewhat of a UX UI background. Mm -hmm. So for for me, it's just, ah, 
I love watching people enter our space, our, our clients, our members. I love seeing how, how they're using the space the way that we planned. And I also, of course, love seeing them use the space in, in ways which we did not foresee, but they're sort of creating new ways of, of using the space. And uh, But w- what I can't ignore is if you have a, a more flexible, more sort of collaborative space that really encourages and supports friendships to develop uh i notice people just laughing more often i I feel like uh their mood is more positive and more stable and um like a lot of our members i know right now they're going through difficult times in their life Mm -hmm. maybe it's something to do with their relationships maybe it's something to do with with illnesses whatever but i see how incredibly beneficial it is uh for them during these eight hours or whatever that they are at work. Uh, for them, it's also sort of a, a support network or uh, that, that also helps them in, in that way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think uh, I'm now in, in, in a leadership position for m- more than probably s- uh, 20 years. And I, I never saw that many mental wellness challenges as the last two years. Again, a lot of people believe that the best way to work is to work from home. But they forget about this human interaction. If you only see your screen all day, yep. even myself, I was working from home, which is just happens to be one floor under the office. <laughs> but during the, 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 the lockdown, I, I felt myself spurling out of control. As in, I was not able to talk to people, I was not able to see people, I was not able to go to the bar to have a beer, to talk shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Um, and I think, I think there, we never saw that many people with depressions. Let's talk a bit about the future of workspace and how you see also um, the need of the, the employers. And um, before that, I want to tell you a story um, or mm, something I saw on Twitter. Uh, this, this developer was um, promoting a lot this idea of uh, light therapy. It's very interesting thing that he was saying, look, because now I work remotely I can and on projects, I can actually divide uh, my working hours, right? So... What he did is he said, okay, I, I, I divided based on the, the light outside. Uh, so he wakes up at 7 in the morning. He works till 9. From 9, he goes out for walks. He has that, uh, he enjoys that light till like 12. Then he has lunch. He works another hour. Uh, he goes again. He, he uses the light. And then in the evening, uh, you know, he works. And he made this type of plan if you have kids, if you, some kind of infographics, right? Um, And this is another example of how the tech industry is uh, disrupting, you know, the whole idea of of working hours. In your country, like like a few weeks ago, they approved in the government the uh four hour how how is it four like hour, four hour working week, four yeah. hour uh, four days four days four, four days, days <laughs> a, a, a week <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that would be very great <laughs> yeah. four, so, four day working week yeah 
Um, so it's same like i- with Uber, right? Like the tech industry uh, disrupted, yeah. like with the the whole transportation mobility. We talk about Airbnb, so on and so forth. So, how do you see this? I'm I'm asking both of you. How do you see the future of um, of uh, workspace, uh, working, em- employers' needs, and yeah. so on? I think there will always be like on the 13th of March, 2020. But this was when the pandemic suddenly was real in Krakow. And I remember that uh, we, back then we were working from the office every day. And I remember calling the team together in the, in the kitchen. And I said, guys, this is getting real. We are going to work from home for the next two weeks. <laughs> but if the pandemic is over by then, we are going to come back earlier. <laughs> and this was the last time that I saw the whole team together in the office, yeah, two years ago. Mm-hmm. So even mm-hmm. business owners have I- evolved in this. I will never expect now anymore that my team comes to the office every day. If they want to come, they are more than welcome. The, 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 com- the, the, the office is there. We are not going to take it away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, the um, expectation that people are going to be in the office from nine to five has disappeared. This comes with with benefits and disadvantages. We have people that are not able to switch off anymore. We have people replying to emails at 11 in the evening. Mm. Emails that don't need to be responded to at 11 o'clock in the evening. So it comes with some dangerous elements as well. Mm -hmm. I think you need to manage people based on outcomes. What is expected from you and how they get there shouldn't matter too much. However, if you have a lot of juniors, it's easy enough to say, this is what I expect from you. Mm -hmm if you don't tell them how to do it. So I- in the past, there are a lot of books have been written about situational uh, leader- leadership. Mm-hmm, basically, mm-hmm. how do you lead people in any uh, segment of their career, in the, mm-hmm. life, in the life cycle of a career? Mm-hmm. How do you approach juniors? How do you approach people that are in the, bu- in the, in the business for a, for a while? And how do you lead the people that are smarter than you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This has even became more important. And I think this is also one of the reasons why companies, the bigger corpos, are not hiring juniors anymore. Mm-hmm. Because they don't have the time to tell them what to do. They only speak about the outcome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we are talking about a much more competitive market where if you're a recent grad, it's pretty much hard to build that uh, that experience because the companies expect the 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 outcome, right? Yeah. Does this in any way create any opportunities for for companies that are more forward thinking? I mean, can you? Of course. Like, co- like we we are building our academy on this. We are hiring journalists from university, the university TV. We hired 
people that have only um, experience in the in the bar of the of the of university. Yeah, like for example, we also hired a uh, uh, bodybuilder. Actually, he had his own company. He had uh, uh, four personal trainers, no marketing experience, nothing. But he had this entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. entrepreneurial skill, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, they need to, they, they need to accept that they will need time to grow in their role, mm-hmm. and the company will need to invest in the juniors. But if they do, I think it's um. This is how you build company culture. Mm-hmm. This is how you build loyalty to to your to, to your brand. Because those people had all the opportunities with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, earlier you said company culture is overrated. Um, f- for me, company culture is, is, is something that deeply fascinates me. I'm, I'm curious, if, from your perspective, how much of company culture or... or whatever you want to call it is simply mm, uh, like uh, documenting the the personal personality of of each of your team members in, in terms of you know if you have people who are interested in in board games if you have people who are interested in uh, startup culture how much is it about just simply giving a mm, a megaphone to those interests, to those voices, instead of sort of curating your own sort of uh, form of, of what they should yep. uh, adjust to. For a lot of companies, company culture is only an HR poster in the canteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With uh, the values and with the values and mission and vision and strategy and yeah, yeah mission uh, uh, and we want to uh, we want to improve people's lives. That's that's usually the because we're the best. Yeah, because we are, and that's why and that's why that's why we are the best. <laughs> because we pay salaries. Yeah. <laughs> um, documenting the 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 likes and the dislikes of your employees, I don't know if that should be done. Um, but I believe that you should give them all the opportunities to do such things. We had a a, a couple of weeks where. On a on a couple of days per week, they were using the 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 office for uh, what's it called? Uh, this role pl- role playing mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had uh, so first of all, we are allowing our staff to use the office at any given time. So in the weekends, we already had photo shoots there. Mm-hmm. We had makeup classes. Mm-hmm. Um, we have beer tastings. We have beer, um, uh, beer brewing. Mm-hmm. So now, now with the crisis in Ukraine, you're also you were telling me that uh, you are doing some yeah. charity work there. So also. We, now we we have we have we have uh, five Ukrainian employees. Uh, two of them are currently stuck in Ukraine. They were just visiting family. One of the two is a male, so he cannot come back. Um, so, but we, we are providing um, accommodation so we can um, convert our office space back to apartments. Mm-hmm. Um, if people need to work from home more, so be it. Mm-hmm. Um, we are helping with the, the paperwork. 
um, employment where needed um, to, to all the family members of our employees. I think it's, 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 it's something that you have to do. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm deeply convinced that this is where you show your face as a company. And again, this is how you build company culture. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, by being there in difficult times. Yeah. My, my, my mom, she's 70 years old. God bless her. She called me last week because she, she wants me to come home to Belgium because it's <laughs> getting dangerous here. Okay. I told her, I said, how, how bad of a person would I be that I leave the country <laughs> because there is fighting in the neighboring country? This would be the worst thing that you can do mm. in front of your employees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's the. This is company culture. Yeah, this is what. what this this is how your people be, be, believe in your brand, in what you're doing every day. It's the small things. It sounds like company culture is not dictated. It's sort of grown. Yeah. yeah. So I think half of of the company have company credit cards. Mm. We we give company credit card to anybody who wants one. Mm -hmm. And they mm -hmm. don't even need to justify. This. They need to get an invoice, but they don't need to justify, or they need to. They don't need to ask for approval what they want to do. Mm -hmm. yeah? mm -hmm. If they want to take the team out, if they want to take their colleagues out, if they need to buy a book, they can do it. And again, so don't you think that this is impossible for big corporations who are coming into into Central Eastern Europe, setting up this business process outsourcing, uh, you know, and they come with their own, you know, cultures, with their own systems. So it's much easier to build it and create it mm -hmm. than uh, um, actually imposing it, right? Yeah, but, okay, so we, we are an organization of 60. This is nothing compared with an organization of 1,000 and 2,000. Yeah. And I'm I don't think that will ever be possible that you have... 1,000 people with, with 500 of them with a with company credit card. Uh, or, but, but on the other hand, sorry, uh, Ramir, but you mentioned they're very beliefy. They're coming here with, your, with their culture. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly what should not be done. Mm -hmm. They should build the company culture here locally then. Don't expect that the, the company culture that you bring or from Germany or from Sweden or from the States that this can be just plugged in here locally. Yeah, but in, in, in that case, maybe you lose control because the idea is to have the control from Stockholm, yeah, for, and you, um, you are having the budget in, in, in Stockholm, you need an output from a Krakow office and you, if you come with your processes, with your culture, this is, uh, I, I'm saying this like how I believe they would think, you know, I'm not approving this. Mm -hmm. I worked in corporations, big corporations, and um, I went that route. So I believe that is much uh, convenient, right? Then let the, um, the BPOs uh, here in, in, in Central Eastern Europe build their own culture because then it will be very disorganized in, in their head, let's say. But then, but then you're defining company culture. 
which mm-hmm. in my opinion is not possible. Yeah. You cannot say this is going to be our company culture. You can say, oh, and we're going to improve people's lives and we are the best and yeah, and we are, but company culture is something that is not tangible. Yeah, so that's why the retention rate will be one and a half years. You're not attached to the company. You see a position with uh, 150 euros more, 200 euro more salary. You switch without even thinking, right? And um, I, I just want to go to the last questions um, because we, mm, I'm very aware of time. I went to a conference uh, for a student organization um and there was the, the we were the small company there and then um all the big four basically mm-hmm. yeah so we man digital and all the big four like and one of my colleagues did an icebreaker before we started our workshop we were doing a workshop for the students there and uh, she asked go to the right if you want to join a big organization go to the left if you want to join a small one And I'm kidding you not, like everybody (laughs) went to the small, in front of the big four there, right? Why do you think this generation, these these youngsters were like in their 20s, yeah, like max 22, and everybody went to the, the small organization. And I was like amazed because when I was 22, right, like 14 years ago, that would never happen. Like I was dreaming of going into this big corporation where I can develop and I will be this big manager and so on and so forth, right? But it's just a shift. There's a shift. Um, I think a couple of TV shows have helped this. Okay. Uh, Silicon Valley. Um, also the success of a lot of startups. However, what a lot of people don't realize that going into a small company or a startup, not necessarily the same, it also comes with some disadvantages. Processes are not existing. They arrive, what do you mean there's no laptop yet? There's no phone, there's no SIM card. Sometimes it happened in in our company that on the Monday morning, when already the, the first new employees are in the building, that I need to create their email addresses. Oh, it happened with all our employees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But th- that, that, won't, that, that usually won't happen in corporate. It's going to be more organized. And some people will l- like it more organized. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we already lost some people that, that, that came from some of the big recruitment uh, organ- BP organizations, came to us, they stayed for six months and then they went back because they couldn't adapt to the almost perceived chaos mm-hmm. that there is in a small smaller company. Yeah, it can create some stress. Yeah. At the end of the day. But like like with startups, I think lots of people see startups as like the underdog and and a lot of people are sort of rooting them on to succeed. But as soon as that startup becomes a big success, successful corporation, it becomes this evil empire, right? Or, or fails because there m- mm. more startups fail than succeed. Uh, I have a question about uh, something that I observed at a company that I used to work for. Um, at the time, it was about um, 120, 150 people wh- when I moved away from this company. And I remember one of the founders of the company, uh, he said, 
something like uh, we are not just a company, we're a family. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and whenever he would say this or whenever any of the founders would say this, in the room there would often be a lot of um, eye rolling from the staff mm -hmm. in, in various departments and everything because many of them didn't see it like a family. Um, what's when you hear words like that we're a family we're not just a yeah. a company i think it, i think it's it's cute yeah, yeah it's cute <laughs> and, 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 and it's wishful thinking yeah, and i have to i have to admit that it is it is also used in, in our company and um however we are not family yeah we are all individuals that need to work together and at the end of the month the bills need to be paid yeah. Um, it's all good to be family until you need to performance manage somebody else. Yeah. If you build this emotional attachment that is typical with a family, it's going to be very hard to performance manage people. That, yeah, that, is, that is my opinion. So it is, like I said, it's cute. And it, it, this works up until you're five people or ten people. But if you grow, once that you pass this pain point of 30 employees, you need to put structure in place. Mm -hmm. You need processes in place. You need procedures. You need to have agreements, contracts. Because... NDAs. NDAs. Mm -hmm. Non-competes. All these things. So is that... Uh, no, I, I'm I'm totally with you. I I think it's it's really unrealistic. Um, plus, yeah, it's it's just unrealistic to 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 expect everybody in that team in that quote unquote family to to be in the same mindset that yes, for them, this this work, these eight hours, this whatever, is as important to them as let's say, their own personal family or, or, or their own passions and things like that. And it shouldn't be. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's, it's, it is a term to make people, give, to, to give belonging, to, to be, they can identify with something. It, it's this pseudo-loyalty kind of a thing, but yeah. Yeah. The thing is, this is the YouTube uh, impact of... Every vlogger now saying hello like, family, like, yeah, hello, 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 Vault family. Right? <laughs> Make sure to subscribe and hit the bell button. Yeah? Right, right, right. <laughs> but then it just just cheapens the word, right? It's yeah. like if you keep saying the word love to somebody, it, it soon it, it means nothing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Great. Thanks a lot for this discussion. Really mm, nice to have this um, diverse topics. You know, because we talked about, you know, you coming here, building up the uh, the recruitment agencies. Now, what 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 are the developers' world? The end. Where where is this going? Company culture. I really loved it. Like, this this was a good one. I I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm so glad we we got to talk to you today. Thank you for having me. All right, Romeo. So now that we wrapped up that conversation with Sonny, uh, if you, for some reason, were starting your own uh, recruitment, IT recruitment company, uh, where would you go to to find some 
people for your company? Definitely to a restaurant. Of it course. really impressed me the idea of uh, actually finding someone or being impressed by a waiter and uh, transforming him into a great recruiter, right? Yeah, well, like w- when I heard him tell that story, I was just thinking talent is talent and and, and yeah. you can't close yourself off of where you find that talent you got to be open to it and company is not a family right at the end of the day no no and and that sort of goes into the what, what he said about company culture as it being overrated and it's really something that you don't dictate at the start it's something that evolves and, and, and grows um like all relationships and, and, and different facets. And another thing that is super important, what Sonny said is specialize early. If you are a recent grad and you want to get a job and develop your career path, don't be generalist and specialize in a particular uh, field um, and or function. And Sonny personifies that really well because he's beaming with personality you could uh, hear the humanity in his voice, the, the way he talks about his staff, the way he talks about uh, reaching out to his uh, clients and, and, and trying to find solutions for them. It's a lot of humanity. It's about thinking about the human, uh, the people that are filling these roles and for them to be the right people. So another great episode that in my view, deserves a five star. <laughs> yeah, so if you guys are able to, to leave us a review, go for it. Five or six, <laughs> if it's possible. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Growth Gossip was recorded at Yoke Workspace and Community in Krakow. If you enjoyed listening, please give us a share. Or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. See you next time. See ya.